Hey guys, welcome back to Pop Culture Confidential. I'm Christina Yerling-Biro. So we survived Oscar season. Thank you all for your feedback on these latest shows. And I just wanted to congratulate costume designer Ruth Carter and the other Oscar winners and nominees that have been here on the show with me. And of course, all the other winners as well. But I thought it was time to change gears. Let's talk about TV, the shows, the docs, and the miniseries that we're most looking forward to. And to help me with some expert reporting is journalist Alicia Lutz, who has spent weeks, and yes, I really mean weeks because that's how long they last, at the TCAs, the Television Critics Association's huge event. This is where network presidents, showrunners, and casts are on hand to present what's coming up on TV to journalists and critics. At the end of this episode, I will give you the release dates for the different shows that we talk about here. Plus, I finally get to talk about the one show that's already out there that quickly has become one of my all-time favorites. That's Russian Doll. Alicia helps me discuss why it is so groundbreaking. But let's take a look at what's coming up on TV. Now, I have a clear favorite that I'm most looking forward to. That is FX upcoming series Fosse Verdon. It's produced by Lin-Manuel Miranda and directed by Hamilton director Thomas Kale, among others. It's based on the biography Fosse about the iconic director-choreographer Bob Fosse and the Broadway icon Gwen Verdon. It's about their passion for their work, dance, and each other. Bob Fosse is played by Oscar winner Sam Rockwell, who we just saw playing George W. Bush in Vice. Now, I started by asking Alicia Lutz about what seems to be a perfect feat of casting. The great Michelle Williams is returning to TV for the first time in 16 years to play the legend Gwen Verdon. Her performance in Fosse Verdon is just resplendent. She's wonderful. It's such a perfect role for her because it's such a complicated relationship between those two. And she really brought out the best in Bob. She was arguably maybe in some ways the, the bigger talent, you know, in, in that, that coupling. Um, and she's the one that, that kept him going in so many ways. So I think that that one's going to be a really exciting one. I think it's going to be an awards contender for sure. Um, and I'm I'm very excited to see Is more it as of it. dark as we sort of remember from the, I mean, I'm thinking about the movie and his biography and all that stuff. Yeah, it, there's definitely some darkness. You definitely get um, more than a few hints of that in, in the pilot. Uh, and I think that knowing FX, knowing Sam Rockwell, knowing the people, you know, Tommy Kale who did Hamilton with Lin-Manuel Miranda, who's also an executive producer oh, on this, you know, they, <laughs> I know it's insane. They, um, they really go for it. So I think that, um, we're going to see a lot of, a lot of darkness. I mean, the whole network for the show here in, in the United States is FX and they're producing it and they never shy away from dark and complicated subject matters. You are going to love Bobby. You know I was married. I can't do this. We're making a movie. Oh. Where's that smile? Stop. I love you. Maybe it's not so terrible. I'm in love with her. What comes next? Do it again. Yeah, and so much dancing. I'm so excited. Sam Rockall is such an incredible dancer. I didn't Michelle know Williams. this. Oh, my God. Okay, so one of my favorite facts about Sam Rockwell is that he and Chris Messina, also an amazing dancer who is an actor in the States, took dance classes together, like, as small <gasps> children. 
I know. <laughs> it's so precious and wonderful. And like he, you can tell the way they move their bodies. If you're somebody who's maybe studied their, their mm-hmm. bodies dancing before, which is a creepy sentence to say out loud, but, uh, they, they, they move in a very similar way and, and they're, they're very live, um, with their movements. And, uh, he's just, he's wonderful. He's so good. Like Sam Rockwell is one of those actors that I'm, I'm very glad he's doing television because as much as I love what he does in films and has done in films for a long time, he's always been a little bit under the radar. And then like, you know, last year was the Oscars and, and right. all that. This I think is a real opportunity for him to dig into character. That's not maybe so controversial. Um, and right, so, from three billboards to playing Bush in Vice to this, it's like just an incredible span. <laughs> it's truly, it's truly wild. But let's move on. Um, oh, what else does FX have that you are excited uh, about? Well, the one I think that people are going to be most excited about is the uh, television adaptation of Taika Waititi's film, What We Do in the Shadows. It is... Um, if you don't know anything about the film, it's about it's uh, like a mockumentary style film set in New Zealand about uh, a bunch of vampires that live in New Zealand. And uh, lucky for us, they have now decided to take that mockumentary style on the road to Staten Island, New York, <laughs> uh, arguably the least popular borough in, in the five boroughs of New York City. And uh, they are trying to, you know, figure it out and live in the world in New York. Nadja, Laszlo. Yes? Can you come downstairs for a second, please? The problems with living with other vampires are the vampires I have chosen to stay with. I wanted to talk about general hygiene in the cell. Last night, there were all these people down there half drunk. Where did they find the alcohol? No, they were half drunk. They've been half drunk. If you've got something to say, then damn well say it. It's not hygienic! My name is Colin Robinson. Hi, Deb. And I am a energy vampire. We either bore you with a long conversation. Hey, Don. Or, Don. We enrage you. And, and changing gears very radically here. I know that one of the people you met is one of our my old idols, or um, is Dr. Ruth. Is she coming back to TV? And how old is she now? Oh my gosh. Well, Dr. Ruth will have you know she is 90 and a half because somebody said it. And a half. That's one t- fantastic. <laughs> I know. Somebody at TCA said that she was 90 and from the stage she interrupted them and was like, excuse me, I am 90 and a half. And frankly, she's earned that half and then some. <laughs> Sorry, if I just uh, interrupt, in case someone doesn't know, Dr. Ruth is, of course, the sex expert that was, I mean, she. I guess she sort of got big in the 80s and 90s mostly or even before that but sometime around then um and just talked so openly and fantastically and gave sex advice to the entire world really you have a certain list of words you can't say well we said them and then let him insert his penis into the vagina from behind we didn't think it would explode like it did and then of course you got our own television shows i never compromised even when it was not popular. Ruth, I'm placing you under arrest. I have an obligation to live large and make a dent in this world. With 90, still talking about sex from morning to night. Her documentary that premiered at Sundance is coming to Hulu. Um, 
So I had the opportunity to watch Ask Dr. Ruth and then literally ask Dr. Ruth a bunch of questions. Um, and it, and it's wonderful. Her life is so incredible. I'm, I don't want to give too much away. I'm sure a lot of people, if they don't realize, probably will. She was in the Holocaust. She's a Holocaust survivor. She's the kinder trains. I don't want to give too much away, but you get to see a side of Dr. Ruth that I think a lot of people haven't seen because she is just such a luminous force for good that she doesn't often talk about the extreme tragedy she experienced in her life. And um, I think it informed her life in a very interesting way. Um, I mean, she's literally writing a book about sex for millennials because she feels that millennials are experiencing very specific sort of sexual hangups and, and um, issues. And so she's, she's writing a book right now just for millennials so that they can have better sex. Oh, that's fantastic. So that was, what about HBO? We always expect big things out of HBO. What, what did you hear from them? What are they coming out with? Well, you know, when it comes to HBO, a lot of the talk was about Game of Thrones. Um, for the most part, there was just a lot of discussion about the prequel that's being produced right now. And, you know, they're very cagey about it, but they're also clearly very excited about it. But they also very much want to establish that they're not going to just become the Game of Thrones network. So it was an interesting year, I think, for HBO at the TCAs. Um, they had two things, I think, in particular that are going to be of interest to people. Um Big Little Lies, uh, season two is going to be oh, huge with Meryl Streep. With Meryl Streep, I literally was in the same room and breathed the same air as Meryl Streep. <laughs> so I truly don't know. Like as far You've as grown. winning the Hollywood lottery, yeah, I've, I've my skin is clear. I've <laughs> drank enough water today. My horses are watered. Like my plants are blooming. I don't know. It's just the power of Meryl. Uh, but it's 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 really exciting, and I'm really. I'm looking forward to this season in a way that I was absolutely not when they announced that they were doing a second season, um, thanks to the panel, because um, Leanne Moriarty, who wrote the book on which the first season was based, actually wrote a novella just for the cast and the creators of the show as like a guidepost for the story moving forward. And so I have a lot of confidence about the story and what they're doing and they're bringing in Meryl Streep, man. I mean, Meryl Streep is going to be a mom that has to deal with the reckoning of the fact that her son that she raised is an abusive piece of shit. And if that's not a story I don't, you don't want to see in 2019, I truly don't know what is because, frankly, like, that's that's the reckoning that I think people are, are afraid to deal with most of all. And so to be able to see that while Reese Witherspoon hurdles ice cream at Meryl Streep's head, like, I'm, I'm in, you know? <laughs> yes, yeah, we're in. That, That's that, the you kind sold of balance me. that we need yeah. to be able to have that conversation in the States. <laughs> All right, right. Anything else from them? Yes, I'm, I'm really excited, per usual, about their documentaries that they have coming out this year. Um, two in particular, I think, are going to be big hits for them, one of which is uh, The Case Against Adnan Syed, for any podcast fans, maybe somebody listening to this is a fan of podcasts will know the podcast serial. Um, and Adnan Syed's case kind of blew up the true crime podcast space. I mean, I, in many ways, he was he was the OG, if you will. He was. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And um, Rabia Chaudhry, who's his family friend, who's the whole reason that serial got involved, is still on the hunt to help him. um get this case, you know, revisited. And it's a fascinating 
documentary. It felt like they got to have the wrong guy. If he did what he did, then who's the person that I saw every day in class? Serial is what brought new evidence to the case. But Serial was not going to exonerate him. I know there are things that don't look good for me. I'm telling you, that's what happened. How could anybody think that he's being straight about this? That doesn't make him a killer. That's my unusual person. This is perhaps the critical piece to this case. They were going to follow that wherever it took them. This is a piece of evidence that nobody even realized existed. I want you to look into my eyes and tell me of your innocence. I think that one will be really huge, but the one that I'm very excited about is called The Inventor. It's a docuseries from Alex Gibney, who did the Scientology exposés. It is about this woman named Elizabeth Holmes and a company that she founded named Theranos. Um, for people in the States, it's been a, you know, it's been a, it's been a bubbling story there, but I think it's truly going to blow up because if the last two years have shown us anything here in the States, it's that we are fascinated by grifters and people that get away (laughs) with insane things that they're lying about. Um, and so Elizabeth Holmes is a woman who dropped out of Stanford. She very much admired and modeled herself after Steve Jobs. And she decided that she, you know, from a very young age, she wanted to change the world. Uh, she's very smart, and she decided that she wanted to revitalize the medical process of blood work. And she wanted to make it so that instead of drawing vials and vials of blood, you're doing a single finger prick, and you can do all the blood Everything work in the world. It's a, it's a very noble idea. It is something that could change the game. And she's a very interesting character that convinced a lot of insanely influential people, including Henry Kissinger, to give her money and to, you know, to follow the beat of her drum. And it was all uh, a scam. It was all a scam. What do you dream for? That less people have to say goodbye too soon to people they love. Elizabeth was lying about the accuracy of the blood tests. It's all a show. She didn't want anybody to see what was going on in there. We don't need to explain ourselves to competitive companies. She aligned herself with very powerful men who succumbed to a certain charm. She was deceiving investors to the tune of $400 million. It comes back to fake it until you make it. What is coming out of her mouth is not reality. She never thought she had any limits. She was going to conquer the world. This was real lunacy. Tell us a secret. I don't have many secrets. Um... Anything else you, you want to add from the TCAs? You know, I think the, the most exciting thing about TCAs this year was actually Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, she, she was there um, both with the second season of Fleabag um, but also, you know, her show that she helped co-create Killing Eve was also there, um, which has a highly anticipated second season. Oh my season. God, yeah. The new trailer is amazing. Emerald Fennell, who's the comedian performer, who's also the showrunner, is a delight. Um, she has a very, I don't know if it's a, it's different enough of a sense of humor from Phoebe Waller-Bridge's, but like, it's still very much in line with it. And 
Oh, golly, are the first few episodes I've seen of season two a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, my God, that's so great, because that was one of my favorite shows of 2018. So um, that that's looking forward to But before I let you go, uh, um, I want to talk to you a little bit about a show that's already been on, because I haven't had a chance to talk about it on, on my show yet, and I love it so much. <laughs> and that's Russian Doll, um, the Netflix oh, show with yes. uh, <laughs> Natasha Leone and um, with the head writer and co-creator um, Leslie Headland and Amy Poehler and I just wanted to know I know I happen to know that you really liked it too and so I just wanted to ask you why do you why is this show just so great and innovative Russian Doll is one of those shows where I watched it and you as when you're a creative person you're like fuck I wish I was that brilliant to do that that's so interesting because that was exactly my reaction my reaction was that I almost like <laughs> I, I almost got sad because I just felt like I'm never going to be able to do something I'm never like going to be that good. Yes. I mean, just to briefly explain, I mean, most people who are listening to this probably know, but but it's about a um, a woman who, who is goes to her 36, I think it's her 36th birthday yep, party in, in the East Village in New York. And every day or every time she dies and has to relive this day sort of groundhog day but it's not really at all like groundhog day this is sort of about i don't know living your life in loops and getting out of of bad loops that you have in your life you could say yeah. it's about addiction you can there's so I, many levels to this that i keep thinking about it and i keep going back and saying wow this is really interesting and she meets other people along the way and she has to change her course in order to get sort of demons off her back um I'm, i mean yeah. it's hard to explain but that's sort of what I think you explained it very, very well. Um, I would agree with all of those statements. I would say, you know, I've seen all the Groundhog Day comparison a lot. Um, I would actually compare it to Edge of Tomorrow, the oh, right. Tom Cruise, Emily Blunt film. Yeah, I think they called it Live, Die, Repeat for a while. But it, to me, that movie and this um, and this show are, are very much kindred spirits. But yeah, I mean, it's such an amazing look at, like you were saying, addiction and trauma and mental health. Jesus fucking Christ, that's dark. Are you going to tell me what's going on? I keep dying and reliving the same night. Does it hurt? <laughs> yes. You seem fine. <laughs> I'm not fine. I'm questioning my own sanity. We gotta take the fire escape. I Great. have a fire escape? I have to change my Airbnb oh, listing yeah. then. What was wrong with the stairs? It's a long story involving multiple deaths. Yeah, this is much safer. Huh. I never lasted this long. Should I call my guy at Bellevue? Is it the nicest psych ward? It's definitely the closest one. You sometimes have to continually learn lessons, and you sometimes have to continually repeat bad habits in order for you to be able to, to see why those habits are right. bad. And that's what I think is so brilliant about the conceit and how it plays into, like we were saying, addiction and trauma and mental health. Yeah, and, and going and back and seeing some, an experience you've had when you were young and then have, having to bring that up to the surface in order to sort of break a loop as well um, and yeah. to bring it to the surface in your own way and not feel – I mean, and now it sounds like this show is – because the thing about it is, which, I mean, these – 
women who who have written it um and who are it's just so incredibly funny too i mean it yes. sounds it sounds like we're all here oh therapy and loops and trauma yeah. and, and at the same time but it's not like you you know people are it, it, it's just a very very intelligent type of humor that that seems like we used to see um a lot in writing in, in films from like the 70s and the 80s and cassavetes or something like that and now this is just so smart and 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 heavy and really funny at the same time yeah it really is and and it would so i i love that it's never repeating those patterns that you know the day net doesn't necessarily repeat the day and and yes we're gonna get gretel you saying sweet birthday baby uh, like yeah. time but it's gonna be slightly different and you know i think that that's what makes it so engaging to 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 watch in addition to just how like you were saying how funny it is because i think that that's something that TV and movie can sometimes have a hard time grappling with is that a lot of people use extreme humor and dark humor to cope with terrible things that are happening in their life or to get themselves just through the day, you know, and I think that you see a lot of that with Nadia and I find that um, incredibly relatable and real and I think that it, it when you get to amplify it through the lens of Leslie Headland and the words of Natasha Leone and Amy Poehler, it's it's only it's only it's only there for the better, you know. Right, and Natasha Leone, it feels like she was always great, and then and and she had incredible struggles with addiction. I mean, it feels I, what I know she almost died several times, and yeah. then she came back, and 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 you could tell in Orange Is the New Black that you know she's really good and she's doing something, and it's like. It's like this is her show. It's her life. It's like all of a sudden there she is doing the yeah. most perfect thing. I mean, that doesn't happen a lot to actors, but this is like no one else could have done this. Yeah, um, she's been working on it for 10 years, which is so crazy. And and Amy Poehler's been involved for the vast majority of that as well. And it is truly, this is her story. She mm -hmm. was born to tell this story. She and was. Thank God. Thank yeah. God. God. I truly like Russian Doll is one of those shows that's going to stick with me for the rest of my life. You know, it's going to be up there is one of those shows that I'm just constantly, even if there is never another season, you know, like. Well, you know what? I'm worried about that. I don't want another season. Mm. I want this group, though. I want yeah. them. I want them to do everything, <laughs> but uh, you know the the, should, the writers and her. But I'm re I'm kind of well. That's not I'm saying I don't want another season. But I really I'm like, how can they top this? And what? How can they go on? I mean, yeah, it's 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 hard because there are viable routes to go in many different directions. But then it's like, well, I think about I think about that and that worry. Um, with great validity when you think about uh, True Detective. Like the first season, he Nick Pizzolatto took 10 years, as which is the same amount of time that Natasha Leone took to write that first season. And then, you know, he rushed into the season two, and we all know that that was the biggest nightmare pile of television <laughs> in the Yeah, in exactly. Um, and so, uh, you know, I where I think somebody like Nick and maybe a place like HBO – feel a bit more of the time pressure to move forward, to get it out, to do the thing, to keep momentum. Netflix doesn't necessarily have to worry about that. And I, I trust they'll be able to, I breathe. mean, I, yeah, I try like Nick, no, just no offense to Nick Pizzolatto, but like, 
that was like the first thing he had written for TV, really. You know, like Natasha Leone and Amy Poehler have been in this grind in television forever. Leslie Headland is one of my favorite directors out there right now. Sleeping with Other People is one of the best movies. I can't get it. I, it's so good. Um, and uh, so I just I have a little bit more trust there. Mm-hmm. I I hope it's I hope they wait a little while. I hope it's not like next year we're getting Russian Doll season two. I hope we you know we wait a couple years for it. But um, given given the people involved, I I am I'm not stressing about it. I'm just gonna trust that they're gonna do whatever they're gonna do and and hopefully we'll we'll enjoy it. But regardless, that last shot, that oh. final scene on season one, will literally never not destroy me whenever I think about it. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, the best. Well, well, I'm I'm gonna take your word for it. And this was so much fun because I I feel like there's so many interesting things come. I mean, not just fun, but really interesting things and really incredible female characters. And 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 um, this one. So I appreciate you taking your time after this exhausting weeks. <laughs> and um, hope you'll. Come Come and join us again. Literally always. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you so much to Alicia Lutz. You can follow her on Twitter at Alicia Lutz. Now, here are some of the air dates for the shows we talked about in the order that we talked about them. And they could, of course, be subject to change and and be different depending on your location. So Fosse Verdant premieres on FX on April 9th, What We Do in the Shadows on FX March 27th, Dr. Ruth the Documentary on Hulu May 10th, and Big Little Lies Season 2 will be on HBO in June. Game of Thrones last season will be on HBO April 10th. The documentary The Case Against Adnan Syed is on HBO March 10th, and their other documentary The Inventor on HBO March 18th. Fleabag premieres May 17th on Amazon, and Killing Eve Season 2 will be on in April on BBC America, among other places. And Russian Doll is, of course, already out on Netflix. Thank you so much for joining us this week. My Twitter is at Christina Biro. And please, if you have some time, rate us on iTunes. We greatly appreciate it. This show was edited by Tom Hansen. Thanks for listening, and see you again next week. Are you tired of seeing your teen or young adult struggle on a path that clearly isn't the right fit? Is your teenager confused about which direction to take after high school? The future of work is changing rapidly, and our kids need to know all of the options available after high school so they're empowered to make the choice that is best for them. In each episode, we explore the latest trends that are shaping the opportunities of today and tomorrow. I'm your host, Betsy Jewell, and this is the High School Hamster Wheel Podcast.